in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Should have some chicken races here any minute. Very exciting. Still haven't updated us on how much you're going to make on this other venture. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that later. It's very confusing. i got to figure out a way to explain it to you guys. It's very confusing. Does I it barely, involve animals? I, no, no animals. Oh, okay. I barely understand half of it. All right. The, ra- or the Bears, excuse me, hope to hire Rich Basaccia as special teams uh, coordinator, according to the Chicago Tribune. Their new head coach, Eberflus, might hire Rich Basaccia. Do you feel bad for Rich Basaccia? Bad. Oh, that's tough. I'm not so sure if I feel bad for him. You knew he was going to get a job, um, so I don't. I don't feel bad for him. I thought he did a really good job. I mean, he took over a complete nonsense, off-field dramas, um, and I thought he did a really, really good job. Did I think he was going to be the head coach? No, I, was, I never thought they'd do that. I always thought they would uh, start anew and, and clear the slate and try to get someone who's been a head coach, uh, more experienced. Although you know, Josh McDaniels not so much. Um, has a half a year more than Rich Passaccia. Um, I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for guys with jobs. <laughs> I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for guys with jobs. I feel bad guys guys who are out of work. Guys and gals who are out of work. Okay. Just do you? I, I mean, he took a team to the playoffs. I mean, he well, and he's, he's but not you even, never thought he was going to be the coach. I didn't think he should have been, but he takes a team to the playoffs. He doesn't even get like a promotion out of this. He just has to go live in a colder city. No fun. Man, you know, that's a great question. That was the end. Andrew Wiggins is an all-star starter. Western Conference all-stars. John Morant, Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic. How the hell is Andrew Wiggins a starter? He's a starter because when fans vote, they only look at points per game. He's not even good at points per game. Well, he's averaging 18. He's third on the Warriors. I know, but he's averaging 18. I, I'm telling you, it's 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 because fans only look at stuff like that. I look, I read a story where Draymond, his teammate, got more votes from players and coaches, which I think should they should stop there anyway. But it's it's an all-star game, so you bring the fans into it. Um others, Chris Paul, Chris Paul Devin played really Booker's well averaging with Devin Booker. Seven more points a game than and Andrew thought, Wiggins. I thought Chris Paul actually played better when he was out. Um who else I see? Carl Anthony Towns. They're, they're, they're definitely Rudy Gobert. I mean, Draymond could be Defensive Player of the Year, averaging like 7-7-7. Seven, seven, seven. Um, so, yeah, there were more deserving people. But, again, I, I it comes down to numbers when it comes to fans. But he doesn't have good numbers. Deeper. I get you. He's I averaging 18 points a game. Devin Booker's averaging 25. Wow. I mean, I'm just I'm, 18 I'm saying. 18's not a lot. 18's a lot for, for Andrew Wiggins. UNLV. It's, not, it's below his career average. Andrew Wiggins' career yeah. point total is higher. Or average is higher than this season. I just think because it's the Warriors, and I'm trying to get in a fan's head. It's the Warriors. They're great to watch. They looked at his numbers and they voted him in. And again, he shouldn't be a starter because the people who really know this stuff, the coaches and the players, did not vote him as a starter. They had Draymond with more. They had Draymond and I think two others with more votes, but the fans overrode the votes and took it away from him. He shouldn't even be an All Star, let alone a starter. Right. Well, not, is, he's what the I fourth? He's mean, the fourth best player on that team. You're very excited about the All Star. I, I don't. I mean, if he's an All Star, he's an All Star. No, he it sucks. doesn't bother me. He's not. I mean, he's, I, do you watch the NBA All Star game? 
Uh, yeah, they do the Elam ending. It's great. <laughs> they what? They'll do the Elam ending. It's great. We got to watch the Elam ending. Always support the Elam ending. He's not. He's not an all star. He's not good. He's the fourth best player on that team, and that doesn't include no, Clay Thompson. I yet. agree with that. He's not even good, and he's on the all star team. He's an all star starter. Stupid. They got the East right. The East is good. Good job. What about Zach Levine too? Yeah. What about him? <laughs> I think he should have been in over Andrew Wiggins. Nah. You just said this guy sucks. So does Zach Levine. They all suck. <laughs> I'm out. No idea. Also, Levine is is. Where's Levine at? He's with the Bulls. He can't be over oh, Wiggins. He's with the Bulls. They right. got DeRozan in. Right. They're they fine. Dr- they got DeRozan. They're fine. Although I would be in favor of you know. Would you, I? I'd be in favor of. Much like I'd be in favor of seeding the tournament and all of that and reseeding all that, I'd be in favor of mixing these guys up. They they, wait a minute. They didn't used they, to do the didn't captains. They used to do the, they'd have the captains They'd have the draft. captain's draft. Yeah. I think that's cooler. It is fun. It's a lot more fun. By the way, did you see the jerseys for the All-Star Games? No. They're like the saddest things you've ever seen in your life. They look like mesh jerseys that you, you wore in practice for high school. Like they look reversible. Oh, they're reversible? With the I mean, I don't the think black? they actually yeah. are, but they, they look reversible. Like, they look cheap. Well, it's it's, it's a poor league. They don't have any money. All right, more All-Star Game talk. The NHL All-Star Game is going to have a mascot showdown. Yes! Which mascots are going to compete in dodgeball, costume contest, skills competition, broom ball, and medieval games. What the hell are medieval games? I don't know, but I'm giving Chance the the nod to that one. He's a monster, though. No, but I'm just saying because of the whole medieval, he's around it a lot. I don't know what medieval games means. I just know who's going to win this, so... It doesn't matter. Who's going to win it? The greatest mascot in the history of mascots. But what's he going to win? Broomball? Well, he, I think he wins. I'd give him a contest or a costume. Uh, he, he's a big man, so maybe dodgeball, and he throws the uh, he throws the ball hard and kills other mascots. Kills them? Skills competition. He, hold they on. Won. He's a big target, too. I was going to say, I feel like True. being big is a disadvantage well, for dodgeball. He's got great hand-eye coordination. I saw him like drive a helicopter at the outdoor game. Oh, my uh, God. We're going to have people in... Mascot co- uh, costumes trying to catch dodgeballs. That's going to be great. I mean, yeah. Can you catch things in those? Are they doing the same skills competition as the players? Are they doing fastest skater? <laughs> that would be awesome. That'd be awesome if Gritty was like doing a hot lap it's as really, fast as he could go. It's really just Connor McDavid inside a what, whatever. What's <laughs> oh, the oil, do they always have a mascot? I have no idea. <laughs> what if he? What if they didn't? The guy went around like, man, that guy's a good skater for a mascot. Gritty's been Connor McDavid this entire time. <laughs> this is actually the thing I'm looking forward to the most for All Star Weekend. Oh, the mascots? Yes. Uh, yeah. I like the three on three, but yeah, this would this would be a lot funnier. No, this, this be a is lot gonna funnier. be way better than yeah. three on three hockey. One hundred percent. That's crafty wording right there. I give you credit. <laughs> yep. Evander Kane is signing a one-year deal with the Edmonton Oilers. He's gonna get paid roughly a million dollars. And the NHL concluded its investigation and determined that he did not misrepresent his uh, vaccination status or his coveted, COVID, COVID positivity status. Uh, so they're not going to suspend him an extra time, which I find interesting because the San Jose Sharks released Evander Kane and basically said he violated COVID protocols. We're releasing him and we don't have to pay him anymore. Right. He snuck into Canada. The NHL says he didn't. Okay. So if the NHL says he didn't, the Sharks are going to have to pay him his salary, aren't they? Uh, Yeah, unless they refuse and it goes to some kind of arbitration. 
But what I mean, if your yeah. league says, "Hey, this guy didn't break any rules," how do you argue against that if you're the Sharks? What proof did they have? I don't know. I That's, mean, did the, what did the investigation go? Investigation had to go through them. They had to like say, "Hey, what proof did you have that yeah. he misrepresented himself with the vaccine?" I don't know, but it is fascinating to have a team that basically might owe him like $8 million for this season that said, we're not paying him because he violated protocols. And then the league comes along and says, you know what? He didn't actually do anything. Welcome to Edmonton, Evander Kane. Who's going to fight him on the Knights? I guess Braden McNabb? Keegan Colasar? Keegan Colasar is the only one that fights. Keegan Colasar? Yeah. He could fight him. Evander Kane. Evander Kane and Marc-Andre Fleury lead the Edmonton Oilers to a playoff. Over the Golden Knights. Can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. What do you think? Did you know that Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and Kurt Schilling could still make it into the Hall of Fame in December? Absolutely. There is a... There's uh, always a committee in... There's always a committee in the background that can make these things happen. Who came up with this name? Today's Game Committee. (laughs) Stupid name. Today's Game Committee is going to meet in December, and they can vote in these guys. So if it's, I don't know how many guys are on this committee, but I think it's still the 75% threshold. If 75% of this committee votes for these three guys, they'll still be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know who's on this committee, but you almost have to put them in, don't you? Well, yeah, they should have been in already. How do they come up with the date from 1988 to the present day? What am I missing there? That's today's game. I don't know yeah, where 1988 I, I, I came know, from. But I don't know why they said from 1988 Everything before to the 1988 present day. was not real, Ed. Yeah, it was not today. I mean, they already should be in. So I'd love to know again, and I'm, I'm reading the story. I don't know who's on this committee. Yeah. What a stupid process. Former players, former managers. Let's see. Um, no. Said today's committee last met in two. Today's committee last met in 2018. It elected Lee Smith and Harold Baines. Uh, Albert Bell, Carter, Will Clark, or Hoshizer, Davy Johnson. They all, they all fell short. What do you think? They all get 75%? I they think Bonds should. does. We, no, Her- should. Harold Baines has been getting so many strays <laughs> I know. on this show. <laughs> just, just, we are just every day. Harold Baines, Harold Baines. The worst Hall of Famer of all time. How'd that guy get in? Oh, God. Yeah, great question. Yeah, again, great question. All right. Here's a story out of Hawaii where apparently they're considering legalizing sports betting, but there's one bill that would legalize it it would include a 55% tax on the customer. As in, you place a bet, you win $100, you only get $45 of that because 55% is taxed. Who's doing that? No one would place a bet. No. Unless it's on Hawaii football for the next three or four years and you bet like $100,000. You're like, all right, you take it out. I'll, I'll take this kind of winning. 55%? Like... You already have to hit, what is it, like 56% mm-hmm. you've got to hit at to be profitable just based on the sports book taking, you know, minus 110 usually. If you add in a 55%, you've got to basically win every bet you place to be a profitable sports better. Like, that's what has to happen. No, there, there's nobody would actually place a bet knowing this. Like, if you walked into it and you're like, yeah, bet 100 Win 100, but then we take 45 away. No! Or 55 away. This is a great tweet. Hawaii is a new sports betting legalization bill. Apparently, they've seen the worst bills and said, hold my Mai Tai. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. 55%. That's horrific. That's like as... uh, That makes it 
not even real. Like, you're not even legalizing sports betting No, if you do that. Who comes up with that? I don't know. Someone who doesn't know anything about sports betting. Apparently not. They're like, yeah, of course. People win all this money. We're going to take it from them. Most people lose money. You're going to be taking money from nobody. All right. Coming up next, UNLV basketball. Can they win tonight? Steve Cofield and his company are nuts. If you think 11 coaches have done more than Pete DeBoer has done this year, you need to watch way more hockey. And I've heard Golden Knights fans frustrated with the season. Are you out of your mind being frustrated with this team and the season that they're having? What are you watching or what are you expecting? Hey, listen, if you're still like, they got rid of the guys that I like to cheer for. Okay, then I guess you're not a fan of the team. With everything that this team has been through, I don't know what to tell you as a sports fan. It's Cofield and Company, weekdays on the Afternoon Drive. Good day, Vegas pizza fans. This is your captain speaking, and on behalf of Fly Pie Pizza, we'd like to welcome you on board as we prepare to take off on the tastiest trip ever. That's right, Vegas. Fly Pie Pizza drive-thru has landed in town on St. Rose and Coronado, and they're open for lunch and dinner. What's Fly Pie Pizza? Fly Pie Pizza is delicious pizza on the fly. drive through and order your favorite pizza, and they'll serve it up hot and fresh in 150 seconds. Oh, wow, that's really fast. Plan your next lunch or dinner at Fly Pie Pizza on St. Rose and Coronado. Now boarding. I'm Lil Timmy. I'm a tax person. I know numbers. Good. What are deductions? Audits sound fun. Let's get an audit. You wouldn't let little Timmy do your taxes because he's not an expert and would get you arrested for tax evasion. So when your car needs repair, stick with the experts at Meineke Car Care Centers, your one-stop shop for total car care. Get up to $50 off brake pads or shoes and a free lifetime warranty. Meineke, doing car care right. At participating locations, terms and conditions apply. Don't miss the William Hill Radio Show every Friday from 6 to 7, hosted by Paul Howard. He'll break down all the latest betting action, including the odds, matchups, and who betters are backing the most. After the William Hill Radio Show, make William Hill Sportsbook your home for betting with live continuous in-game wagering. Get the William Hill Mobile Sports app, which allows you to bet from any iPhone, iPad, or Android device from anywhere in Nevada. Sign up today, and you'll never miss another bet. For William Hill Sportsbook and mobile sports deposit locations, go to WilliamHill.us. That's WilliamHill.us. I know you've been waiting a little bit longer than normal. Jen's manicure spot needs an extra pair of hands. Who's at the front desk right now? Someone who's handy with everything from nail files to spreadsheet files. Deidre's not coming in today, but we have that whole bachelorette Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Las Vegas, there's a new team in town. The team you trust is bringing you a whole new lineup. Camaro, Corvette, Silverado, and more. Our team players now say hey to Team Chevrolet. Now open US 95 and Anne Road. Team Chevrolet, come play. This Valentine's Day, say I love you with diamond jewelry from Sky Diamonds. We're offering 25% off our biggest savings ever. Sky Diamonds is the number one diamond store for everyone with prices ranging from $500 to $500,000. And every diamond comes with a money-back guarantee. This Valentine's Day, say I love you with diamond jewelry from Sky Diamonds and take 25% off. We're located in Town Square. Visit skydiamonds.com for more information. Some exclusions apply. Offer expires to 2022. JT from meetupvegas.com. I got the meat hookup for you. What the great chefs in Vegas have, now you're going to have delivered right to your front door. The code word is JT Brick. Go to meetupvegas.com, code word JT Brick. 
Imagine the organizing possibilities with Lowe's, where keeping it all together comes with Project Source Clear Storage Totes starting at $238 and iDesign Plus the Spruce Storage Bin starting at $1298. Clean up your closet with the Closet Made Brightwood Closet Kit starting at $119.98. Find it all at Lowe's Store and Save Event in-store and on Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. Bow to 318. Selection varies by location. While supplies last. U.S. only. iDesign plus the Spruce Storage Bin. Pricing excludes Alaska and Hawaii. We're planning a trip to Spain later this year. But our Spanish uh... is pretty bad. So we're using Babbel. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español. He just said, now he speaks Spanish. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Hey, Vegas, Clay Baker here with you. And of course, with New Year's resolutions, there's one that you don't want to forget. And that's getting zero res into your home to clean all the dirt and all the nasty little bits that you brought inside during the holiday. Now is the time, the perfect time. You give your home that refresh, that reset, and take care of all the little cleaning jobs that you told yourself you were going to do later. We'll do it now. Call Zero Res today at 702-840-3333. Because nobody cleans like Zero Res. They have revolutionary ZR cleaning technology, easily the most powerful cleaning system available, and that uses zero detergents, zero toxic chemicals, zero dirt attracting residue that's why your carpets come back to life i trust them in my home and so should you call now for zero res and ask for the clay baker special you can also go online to zero res las vegas.com minimums apply clean carpet zero res it's z-e-r-o-r-e-z call 840-3333 Hey, football fans, looking for an edge? The extra knowledge that will help you win more when you bet sports? Check out CompuPix. Since 2012, the sports betting analysts at CompuPix have helped sports investors earn more. CompuPix was 13-4 and in the playoffs and big game the last two years. So turn to the leader in sports betting tactics so they can help you take more than your share of the winnings. It's the mathematical edge you're looking for. Sign up today with no obligation and receive 30 days of free plays. Click CompuPix.com. That's CompuPix.com. Are you aware approximately 15% of all babies have complicated births? Time to make a difference. Positively Kids is here to help. Hello, I'm Fred Schultz, CEO of Positively Kids. For over 20 years, our local nonprofit has provided care to thousands of children in Southern Nevada. Our mission is to help children with critical health care needs so they can reach their full potential. Please visit PositivelyKids.org to find out more about the services we provide and how they may be able to help a child you know or how you may be able to help us. Check out PositivelyKids.org. Las Vegas, there's a new team in town. The team you trust is bringing you a whole new lineup. Camaro, Corvette, Silverado, and more are team players now. Say hey to Team Chevrolet and drive away with some incredible winning deals from sales to service and every mile in between. This is a whole new gear to the team you trust. Revved up and ready to roll. Now open at US 95 and Ann Road. Team Chevrolet, come play. This sports update is brought to you by Finley Volvo Cars, Las Vegas' fastest-growing luxury brand, putting safety first since 1927. Last night, the Lady Rebels won their sixth straight game in a row, defeating the New Mexico Lobos by a score of 85-79. to That moved the Rebels into first place in the Mountain West. The Vegas Golden Knights lost in Florida to the Panthers by a score of 4-1. to First time you saw them in early December, Chris at post-game was like, that, that's a much better team 
and Cleveland's got something going. So what? Um, obviously, they they played well tonight. What, what did what did you see from them? Maybe come in the cutups, and then what did you see tonight? We sucked. Played bad. They made shots. They played good. They played better than us. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Grainy and Bischoff. According to John Rothstein, um, Josh Baker and Donovan Williams are not going to play tonight for UNLV. They're out. Um, that was, I think, expected after practice on Wednesday when Donovan Williams didn't participate and Josh Baker was simply non-contact. But Royce Ham is going to play. Royce Ham also missed practice on Wednesday with what Kevin Kruger described as an illness. So UNLV is going to Colorado State tonight, 6 o'clock start. Uh, they're very depleted in the backcourt. They are down two starting guards in Josh Baker and Donovan Williams. That's going to leave them with Jordan McCabe, Bryce Hamilton, Keyshawn Gilbert, Justin Webster, and am I forgetting Mike Nuga? That's pretty much all they have in the back. They got five guards when they normally like to play four guards in the lineup. Rostin gets some he he gets some uh, good information by texting coaches. Good he for does. him. Yeah. Got to say good luck, too. Yeah. You think he said good luck, a good luck message said to good Kevin luck? right after that? Yeah, Kev, good luck. Probably. Uh, getting 13 and a half. Ken Palm says it's going to be an 11-point game. Don't like their chances. I don't either. Um, I If I was betting on this, I'd probably bet on Colorado State to cover 13. Yes. Um, they're just they're – just, Colorado State's really better. good, and they're going to score a lot of points, yeah. and UNLV doesn't have two starters, including their second-leading scorer. And if you'd like to hear the – those sort of stats broken down live. Where will you be, Tyler? PT's Pub on Tropicana in Maryland, 6 o'clock. So come, come watch on. the game yeah. with us. Watch party at PT's Pub for UNLV and Colorado State. We'll be there for the rest of the road games this season. Now, big picture on UNLV. We had Mike Ramal on the show earlier this week. And I kind of you kind of asked him what was success for Kevin Kruger this year. And his response was, you know, finish above 500, finish above 500 in the Mountain West. They're 11 and 9 right now. Ken Palm as UNLV favored to win just two of the last 11 games on the schedule. That would put them at 13 and 18, 5 and 13 in the Mountain West. They're probably going to win a few more games than that. They'll probably win a couple more than that. But if UNLV doesn't finish above 500, how are we judging Kevin Kruger in year 1? Well, I mean, I think it's a failure of a season. If they go 15 if they go and 16. 15 and, and 16, if they can't get above 500. And mostly I'll go back and repeat what I what I didn't supposedly hear, what I heard about all these transfers and the huge difference all these guys were going to make. Uh, so I think he needs to finish 500 or above to really say it's success, a successful first season. Heard a lot about these transfers and what they were going to do. You know, you, you did as well. I mean, it was going to change. They're going to be They're going to be longer. They're going to be athletic. They're going to be more like the top teams in the Mountain West, and we haven't seen that yet. We certainly haven't seen it against good teams because they haven't beaten anyone good. Last year's team went 12-15, and 15, obviously, West well, games last yeah. year, but they did play 18 Mountain West games, and they went 8-10 and 10 in Mountain West games last season. Again, right now, UNLV, if they were to win every game they were favored in and lose every game they're underdogs in, they would finish 5-13. and 13 in the Mountain West. I think they will be better than that. I think they'll the be better the than that, too, because I think they're finally going to get one or two of these games right. with their dogs in. But it's going to be 7-11, and 11, not 11-7 and seven no. better. And I think the interesting part here to me is not that not that there's reason to, like, crush Kevin Kruger and that it's not going to work, but college basketball now, 
allows you to turn things around in one season. You do not need to build a program to have a good team. You can get transfers, and they got a lot of transfers. You can get difference makers every single year in college basketball. They don't have to be top 100 recruits. You can get difference makers in the transfer portal every single year. Isn't that what we heard he did? That's what we thought he did. That's what, that's what the, the expectation the, the was. The expectations were the, the hype of it was. That that's the kind of guys you went and get. But this team is shaping up to be very similar to last year's team in terms of overall record. They play much differently. They're a very different team. But in terms of actual results, this team is shaping up to be the same as last year. And that, to me, is a massive disappointment. And Kevin Kruger is going to have to do a lot this offseason to make next season significantly better. Yeah. Because I don't know if it's not going to be any sort of ultimatum in year two. But if we get through year two and Kevin Kruger hasn't sniffed the NCAA tournament again, we're talking about year three. He's almost going to be in a situation where he's got to get there or be very close. Because if you go three seasons in college basketball nowadays and you're not close to the NCAA tournament at a school like UNLV, what are we doing? Like, you should be able to turn it around in one, maybe two years. It shouldn't take you four. So, it, this to, to me, this is a big offseason for Kevin Kruger. Because the other part, if you look Which at Which one of the transfers does he lose? Does he lose to graduation? Yeah. So, Bryce Hamilton's going to be gone. He's gone, yeah. Royce, Royce Ham's going to be gone. gone. Those are their two most okay, important guys two. that are okay. gone. All right. So you look at who's coming back next okay. year or who can come back. Obviously, players can still transfer. But who can come back next year? Donovan Williams, Victor Ewalker, Keyshawn Gilbert. Those are probably your three best players that are coming back Jordan McCabe year. comes back? Uh, I think he has one He's more year. He's eligible to come back. But, He's eligible to come back. Right, but you don't, I don't think you... If, you're, if Jordan McCabe's starting a point guard for this team next year, they're probably not any good. Like, you've got to improve on that. So... But the point is, like, if Donovan Williams, Victor Ewalker, Keyshawn Gilbert, Jordan McCabe, Mike Nuga, if those are your best players next year, this team sucks. Like, this team, like they have to get better players. We saw Kevin Kruger this offseason basically build a team and say, Bryce Hamilton's still our best player. They've got to get a player that's better than Bryce I mean, Hamilton. I say what you want about Bryce Hamilton, but where, where would they be this year without him? Right. But the point is, is that when Bryce Hamilton is your best player, it's very hard to win in the Mountain West. Right. It's very hard to be the top two or three teams in the Mountain West. So what that means is this offseason, they have to find a player that is better than Bryce Hamilton. Otherwise, there's no reason to think they're going to the NCAA tournament or even going to be close. There's no reason to think they're going to be better than fifth, sixth in the Mountain West if they don't get a player better than Bryce Hamilton. And Bryce Hamilton's a good Mountain West player. That's hard to do, find a player I, better than Bryce Hamilton. I actually, given what they're probably going to finish record-wise, I actually think that's a long shot. I, I think it is, too. To try to get a player better right? than him. I think it's going to be very difficult for them to find that type yep. of player. And the players that are coming back, there's there's good pieces there, but you've got to have a star-level player or two to have a chance. And again, they've got to be better than Bryce Hamilton because we have seen... Back-to-back years now, when Bryce Hamilton is the best player on a team in the Mountain West, they're not a contender for the Mountain West title. They're not a contender for an NCAA tournament, which means next year, Bryce Hamilton's gone. His college eligibility will be exhausted. When Bryce Hamilton is gone, you can't bring in somebody that's as good as him or worse than him, or what are we doing? It's going to be the same record. You've got to have somebody better than Bryce Hamilton on next year's team. And until they find that guy, it's... I don't know how this is an NCAA tournament team this year or next right. year. 
So that's gonna that's why I think this offseason is gonna be massive for Kevin Kruger. Because if we go if we go two years and they're around five hundred as a Mountain West program and finishing sixth, seventh in the conference back to back years, that's a hor- that's a horrible start. Yeah. That's a terrible start for a new coach in in this era of college basketball where you don't have to go get freshmen and wait three or four years. We you don't have no. to you, Get the, right guys get, out of, get the right guys out of the portal, and you right can turn away. it right away. Yeah, And that's what they're going to have to do to have a chance. They've got one pretty good freshman coming in in Kyron Lindsey. Uh, I don't know that anybody expects him to be a superstar-type player. Uh, but for next year, I don't know where – they're going to have to find somebody that's really good in the transfer portal. Like, really good. They're going to have to land like, hey, this is one of the top 20 transfers in all of college basketball yeah. is what they're probably going to have to do. So that's the big test for UNLV because otherwise there's no reason to think they'll be better than this year's team. Like Bryce Hamilton exists and Bryce Hamilton's a good player. If they don't have somebody better than him, how are you winning? How are you being better than you are right now? Like that's going to be the tough part going into the future. Coming up next, we get caught up on the Kansas City Chiefs with Vahe Gregorian. The thing about it is that there was a week or two leading up to this and then at the, at the point where I stepped away, there was this discussion that, hey, he's going to go into TV, and I'd like to do that. And yet, I hadn't heard from anybody. You know, you know there was this, well, he's already done. And I'm like. <laughs> Ouch. Kind of hard to go in if nobody's asking you to come in, no one's, Sean. No one's asking. So, <laughs> fortunately, the, the day of, uh, after the press conference, we received a number of calls. And every once in a while, I think it's all right to step outside, be a little uncomfortable and I think that that had a lot to do with it. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us from the Kansas City Star is Vahe Gregorian. Good morning, Vahe. I'm curious in Kansas City because it feels like we're doing it here and across the country. Have we assumed a Chiefs win too quickly for the AFC Championship? <laughs> I think... Um... The, the whole theme of this week needs to be pondering that question because it, it's, I think, uh, something you can point to looking back uh, at any number of uh, moments in sports history where a team might have peaked before it needed to peak. And, you know, one of the thoughts we had this week uh, was that this game was reminiscent of some of the iconic calls in sports history, including you believe in miracles. And uh, it's my recollection that it turned out the U.S. hockey team had to win another game after that miracle. So that, that's, I think, got to be front and center on the Chiefs' mind. I do wonder if fans are, are presupposing that, well, they'll win this. I, and I don't think it's like that. I mean, I think this will be a hard-earned win if, if the Chiefs indeed do win. Vahe, uh, I, I've got to ask you, because you know him as well as anyone. You've done a ton of uh, columns on him, and Pat Mahomes, you've gotten to know him personally. Take us back to that game, um, and it's very soon to talk about legacies, but where do you think this ultimately ranks with what he did? Well, I, I think it was the, uh, in, in a lot of ways, if you, you know, there's recency bias here, right? And we know there have been a lot of unbelievable plays in his time, plays that really seemed impossible. Um, I'm not 100% sure anything seems more impossible than 13 seconds and, uh, and you know, uh, 75 yards to go either for a touchdown or, you know, 50 to get in field goal range or 40 to get into field goal range. 
So it reminds me uh, a lot, though, of the, the maybe most overlooked part about Patrick at a distance, which is his, his arm is something else, his, his physical attributes are something else, but this guy is has a very powerful mind. He's very uh, uh, poised, very strong-willed. We saw some stats about his heartbeat you know, going up more when he was on the sideline watching than when he was playing. And um, I talked to a sports psychologist about him a couple of years ago, and the point he made about Patrick was, Patrick is a guy who knows he has the key. He's just got to find the lock. And if you think about it that way, you understand a little bit about what they call a flow state that he was in. Um, and I think part of what happened with the 13 seconds left was very interesting, too, was, you know, at first you don't know whether they're thinking they got to get into some kind of Hail Mary mode, um, but they had those timeouts. And so the first play to go 19 yards tells you they have a plan and at least told me that. I thought with 13 seconds left, I don't really see how, but it's not impossible. With eight seconds left, I thought all they need is a pass. And they need one, you know, moderate range pass. They, they could probably get that. Not that I knew they would. And then once they got that, it was like, ah, there you go. I mean, you, you're kind of chortling under your breath because you've sort of seen stuff like this before, but, but this, this kind of encapsulated all of it. So they're measuring his heart rate, and you said it's it's higher when he's on the sideline watching, like I assume the defense, than when he's out there yeah. actually playing. Yeah, crazy. And you can <laughs> find it. Um, there's a Patrick's uh, longtime trainer is a guy named Bobby Stroop, S T R O U P E, and Bobby uh, um, put it out there on Twitter in case anybody wants to poke around and find that. And uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty amazing. I think about that. Like, oh uh, yeah. I wrote something last year that you threw on the uh, the old Alfred E. Newman bit about what me worry as, as Patrick's uh, way of looking at things, and, and it sort of remains the case. Well, it appears the defense has kind of regressed back to its old form, so maybe his heart is pumping but worse than when the defense well, is on the field. Uh, there's, yeah, there's a good point about that. <laughs> what do you think about that? We saw what happened in what was week 17, but now – the Bengals had to do a lot that day to, to get out of there with, a, I believe it was a three-point win. I mean, Burrow and, and Jamar Chase had to break some tackles and go for long chunk yards and all of that. So, But the defense has kind of regressed a little. Is is there any way they stay with them? Like, how do you see this playing out if, in fact, defensively the Chiefs can't get it done? There's a lot of ways to look at this. I remember after that game, which, by the way, is the only game the Chiefs have lost in the last three months. I guess that's right. Yeah, in three months. Um, I remember – writing about how we, despite the win streak, you have to think that they remain vulnerable. And then I listed like eight reasons they lost the game. And I heard from a reader who said, he suggested that I, I maybe had missed the point that it took all of those things going wrong for them to miss the game. And I think that reader made a really good point. Um, one way to look at this and it's, you know, two-sided coin, but you know, which team, will have benefited the most from playing the other team last time, right? I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at that, and we won't really know that answer until we have hindsight. But I would, I would make the proposition that the Chiefs, uh, seeing how they could get – learning how they could really get scorched in real time by the, the Burrow-Chase combination is better for them to have in pocket than not having played them. And I think they will, they will learn – have learned a lot about how to treat this. You know, Steve Spagnuolo's whole track record is 
as the defensive coordinator is um, transformation as, as you go forward. He's had a lot of slow starts defensively. For the most part, the Chiefs defense has been uh, far better, far different over the, the second half of the season. They have given up a lot of points, a uh, couple, three of the last four games. But they also had a lot of big – it's a little overlooked against Buffalo, but they had a lot of big stops in key situations that, you know, one more field goal, one more touchdown for Buffalo, one more possession probably changes that game. So it's not like they're just a, a, a sieve. Um, but they need to play better than he did in Cincinnati. If we go back to what was it October when they were under 500 to start the year, how worried were you that something was actually wrong with this Chiefs team? I think two things kept me kept me thinking. Three things probably kept me thinking. Okay, this doesn't look good, but let's let's understand that seasons have to play out. One was it didn't make any sense to me that they would have such a precipitous drop-off from going to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, They still had the nucleus. Uh, In some ways, they had some more dynamic parts. Uh, Nobody was really aging out. Um, The defense had been a little little beaten up. They didn't really have the full lineup. And I I just thought the defense could get better. That's what happened with the defense when they won the Super Bowl two years ago. They had a a horrible start, and then they became a really – uh, uh, an, an asset down the stretch. Um, so, and I just, I just sort of thought all this talk about Patrick Mahomes, you know, being broken or whatever uh, it was being assessed from afar was just, just not right. Patrick was off, but there was some stuff going on there that contributed to that. When you have six of your passes go off receivers uh, before they're intercepted and have lead the league and drop passes, uh, and you have a brand-new offensive line, all those things figure to get better. The brand-new offensive line clearly was talented, but it had to learn to play together. These receivers don't drop passes. Patrick Mahomes, you know, we know, you guys know this as well or better than anybody, NFL's cat and mouse. I mean, it's about an adjustment to an adjustment to an adjustment. Well, uh, you could say, People caught on to how they were going to play Patrick Mahomes, and you could also say, well, the, the Chiefs are, you know, they're, they're putting together a game plan too, and, and they get that. I think they're better off than, than uh, they would have been if they'd cruised through the early part of the season. I think they've seen almost every kind of defense. I think they've understood what, what the kryptonite is. I, I just think they were better off for it somehow, which is kind of a, a way long-winded answer, uh, but that's what you get. Bahi Gregorian, sports columnist for the Kansas City Star with us here in the press box. Okay, whether it's cap, whether it's guys, you know, eventually if they go to third straight Super Bowl moving on, how long can they keep this up? Well, that's a great question. One of the things that's going on here that's really interesting and it is, I think, kind of the, it starts with sort of a broader organizational harmony. Um, you know, Andy Reid is in his sweet spot of his career here. Um, Patrick Mahomes is kind of, kind of, you could say, the guy who was born to coach. There's a symbiotic relationship between them that, that just keeps paying dividends. But more to the broader point, Andy and, and general manager Brett Veach are in lockstep. Um, you know, Brett Veach started as Andy's personal assistant, which is kind of a funny aspect of the story, but it, it is a very dynamic relationship, and there's a level of both trust and sort of mind-melding that's gone on with that group, those are kind of the, the, the key points of the whole thing. And, and really a commitment to win by the organization. Clark Hunt 
uh, had to learn to be an owner. Um, there was some chaos before he hired Andy Reid, but they restructured this in such a way and brought in the right people. Um, I think there's a, a, a really good culture established here. And they're going to have to make some decisions about money, no doubt about it. Um, but they've got a couple more years with this, this really great nucleus in place. Um, so I, 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 let's, let's see what happens this year. But it, it could become um, one of those sort of uh, memorable eras uh, in NFL history, I think, before it's all over and, and Patrick Mahomes is done. I'd like to ask about Chris Jones. He seems to be the only defensive lineman that I've seen get deflections as a, like, on a consistent basis. Do you have any idea why? I, I don't know why. I, I, I'd be making this up, but I think Chris is about 6'5". I don't know how tall Jaron Reed is coming up the middle. Frank, Frank Clark's about Chris's height. Uh, maybe he gets a deflection or two. Melvin Ingram is, I, I just picture, uh, kind of making chaos, but also always uh, setting the edge. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I think what we're noticing is that Chris is really ex- exceptional at that particular aspect of the game. Chris is just an incredible player, and that was another thing that, that really made a difference, having uh, the ability to move him back inside where he belonged. It was kind of not a great experiment, as it turned out, having him out on the end. There were reasons they wanted to try it, but when they got Melvin Ingram, uh, they, they basically got two players in one. They got a guy better for the end, and then they put Chris, Chris Jones back where he belonged. Well, he is Vahe Gregorian from the Kansas City Star. Vahe, we appreciate it. Thanks, Vahe. Take care Thank of yourself. You. Hey, great to be with you guys. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, Chris Jones has five past breakups this year, 29 in his career. It's only six years that he's been in the league. It just seems like – okay, well, everyone, as everyone knows, I'm a Chiefs fan, but – my mom is a Chris Jones fan, and so she will just watch, like, walking through while we're watching the game, going, going jump up and swat it! Jump <laughs> up and swat it! And I'm like, he can't do it every play. Why not? Get up! <laughs> jump up and knock it down. All right, coming up next, UNLV. They got a big recruit coming to visit this weekend. Here's where, all the way through, and this time Gonzalez is heroic rather than rash. Robinson! Second international goal for Anthony Robinson, both in World Cup qualifiers and the breakthrough for the U.S. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Going to the World Cup. More at 9.15. UNLV, though. The job is done. Almost. UNLV. They're getting a five-star top 20 player. On an official visit this week. <laughs> Kylan Boswell is coming to UNLV, according to Kristen Peake, this weekend. Uh, the only problem is he's in the class of 2023, meaning he is a junior in high school, meaning mm-hmm. he would not play for UNLV next season if he committed to UNLV. He would play for UNLV in the 23-24 season, which would be Kevin Kruger's third year. But he's visiting UNLV. He's got a final eight that includes UNLV, Arizona, Illinois, Texas Tech, Kansas, Michigan, USC, Oregon. How's UNLV on that list? Uh, Well, not near the top. 
Um, but it's look, it's good. It might to get, be they're getting an official visit. I mean, from they're him. getting an official visit from him, so good for them. I mean, he's going after a kid like this. Obviously, there's going to be a relationship with probably one of the assistants with an AAU coach or some kind of high school coach for them to get a visit along with all these other schools. Bring them onto campus, sell them as what, what you can, and, and and try to you know at least you know continue on on this uh, to be on his list. I mean. I never hold it against them, right? I mean, they, they're getting a they're getting a visit out of the kid. Oh, absolutely not. Good for him. They should be chasing after any you know top twenty five fifty player. They can that get them. I mean, if they get visits out of them and try to yeah. sell them. Uh, I am curious to see because here, okay, here's Kylan Boswell told uh, Zags blog this week that he wants to make a decision sooner rather than later. Which sooner than what? There's not really exactly. a timeline there, but right. He made it sound like he doesn't want to wait until next year when he's a senior to commit to a school. UNLV is getting a visit from him this weekend. Uh, the overly optimistic view of that is he wants to commit soon. He's visiting UNLV. If UNLV kills it with this visit, he's coming to UNLV. Yeah, I don't think he's coming to UNLV. <laughs> Why and not? the other thing about all these early commits with the portals and how much kids change their mind, it'd be great to get a commit from him, but that's a long way from then to it is. the that end. It is. That would be tough. That to would be hold tough. Hold on to a kid like that. If you if they if UNLV gets a commit from him now, yeah, that'd be tough. We'd be, be sitting here for time. a year and a half basically yeah. being like, uh, uh, "Is he going to well, sign?" And especially if they continue down the road they're at now. And they're not winning, not going to the NCAA tournaments, and then all of a sudden, coaches from these other schools are putting in his ear. Eh, come on now, you really okay. want to do that? He so uh, he told Zags blog that I I will always say it. My favorite part of people that report on recruiting is when they talk to a kid who's got a Final Four, Final Eight, and they just like give us two sentences on every school. It's phenomenal. He said about UNLV, I have a good relationship with both Coach Kruger and Chappelle. They want to they want me to help contribute. Right away. So UNLV's pitch is very obviously, come here. You're, you're going to play 30 minutes a game, you're and you're going to get as many shots as you want. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you go... He's a five-star. I would guess yeah. those other teams are saying you can contribute right away also. Probably. If you go through this, um, UNLV got a pretty nice statement here. Like he said about Oregon, it's a great place for guards to go and develop. And that's it. That's okay. all he had to say about Oregon. Wait, see about uh, Kansas. The history speaks for itself. Coach Self is about winning, and so am I. Okay. All right. Uh, Michigan. He Coach Self twice. <laughs> Coach Howard and I have a great relationship. He believes in my talent and loves my defense. Uh, Arizona. The entire staff communicates with me. Everyone is open and honest. They're proving everything they said about playing style and having success with it. That's the most optimistic statement he gave about any of these teams, by the way. Is and that it's one. a top five team right now. Uh, yeah, that helps too. Uh, Texas Tech coach Barrett Peary and I have a good relationship. Texas Ooh. Tech plays the brand of defense I Ooh. love. I will say, I don't Good remember, to great relationship. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember hearing a lot of high school players say a team plays the brand of defense, defense that, that I, I like love. So that's, that's interesting there. So I don't, We'll see what happens there. Uh, USC... I was born in Illinois, but Southern California is my second home. I know the staff, and they believe in me as a point guard. Everyone's believing in this kid. What about the home state of Illinois? What do you say about them? It would be nice to play in the city I grew up in. They are also showing how much they let their players be the best version of themselves. I don't like that one. He's not going to Illinois. 
Scratch them off the list. Arizona high on the list. Michigan Illinois high on the list. Illinois and Oregon very very low on yes. the list. I don't think he's going to maybe UNLV kind of falls in the middle. They're like in the middle four. Yeah, they're kind of like they're kind of there with Kansas, where it's like an oh, it's a it's a pretty neutral statement. But about Kansas, he wants to win, and about UNLV, he wants to play. <laughs> so, <laughs> which one do you want to do? I guess is the question. Do you want to win mostly? It? They want to play. Do you want to play? But also mostly. They think they can play at any school they go to. Like, listen, when you're a five-star recruit and you're one of the top 20 kids in your class, you think no matter where you go, you're starting right away. Oh, yeah. So, And you're getting shots. And right. you're five, yeah. Exactly. So you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Kansas. Yeah, I'm going to be the best player yes. on the team. Yeah. Right away. Like, that's what you're thinking. Whereas UNLV is being like, come be the best player on our team, which would be true, most likely. But most likely it'd be true now. Yeah. If, <laughs> I wonder if you're Kevin Kruger... How do you how do you recruit a kid and be like you'd be the best player on our team, but if you go to Kansas, you might be coming off the bench? Like, how do you tell them we want you, but you're not good enough for Kansas? Like, how do you? That's an interesting. Yeah, that is interesting because that's kind of how you got to recruit them. You got to be like, you're not going to play at Kansas, but here, forty minutes.